Support for Podcast by Night comes from Midnight Syndicate. To find out more about their gothic horror instrumental music, please visit MidnightSyndicate.com. Welcome to Podcast by Night's first official episode. My name is John Long, and I am here with... Jennifer Wolf. That's right. And we are going to be your hosts on this podcast, dealing with the world of darkness, brought to you by the wonderful White Wolf Studios, White Wolf Games, White Wolf, etc. If there's a white and it's a wolf, they've got it covered. Unless it's Jon Snow, and then that's Game of Thrones. That's right. Shout out to Ghost. Love you, man. Woo-hoo. All right, so for this first official podcast, we are going to be talking about the world of darkness. Welcome to the world of darkness, and and what does that mean? What is the world of darkness, and if you're brand new to all this, what does this have in store for you? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we thought about as we were processing what we wanted this first episode to be was to first of all discuss not just what the world of darkness is, why is this game different and what what came before it. Now, in our little welcome to the podcast, I have mentioned I've not had a ton of experience with RPGs before White Wolf, but you have, John. So uh, what was, what were RPGs and games like before White Wolf came out with The World of Darkness? Well, let me tell you, Jen, it was a, a dark time <laughs> full of fantasy and mystery and wonder. Uh, no, <laughs> which is not far off because, uh, you know, most people think of Dungeons and Dragons as, as like the first quintessential role-playing game. You know, we really got to give a shout out to Tolkien because he was the one that really sort of laid the seed for that, that masterpiece. And it was really just what people call hack and slash, you know, at the very beginning, it was just all about, there were like five classes of character and you roll, roll dice, like gambling for your life. And it was just, you know, a couple of dudes and some Mountain Dew and Cheetos in a mom's basement, you know, <laughs> with their pen and paper, you know, that cactus and, cooler, cactus, cactus cool, cooler, oh, simpler times. But there was, um, yeah, it was the idea that it was called role playing pen and paper and pencil or pencil and paper role playing. And that's kind of what you did. You sat around with some books and some friends and, and you kind of went on an adventure, dungeon delving, as they did. And um, from that, a lot of other game lines, I'd say in the late 80s, started to really sort of expand on that core premise. Uh, there was Palladium Games, which did Rifts and Palladium Fantasy, which is one of the games I played a lot. And also GURPS, which was the generic uh, open source role-playing game, if you will. And uh, that was actually quite fun. That, that system, it was math heavy though. You had to like, had a certain amount of points and well, I don't really want to go down that rabbit hole. And then of course, with you know the wonderful work of Philip K. Dick and movies like Blade Runner, you had Cyberpunk. So there was Shadowrun. So they sort of ran the gamut between fantasy and science fiction some people tried to actually do some work in like modern, more modern contexts with like spies and ninjas and super spies. But then in the 90s, things got much darker. Oh, uh, see, this is where I come in because, yeah, 
things took a very different tone with World of Darkness. One of the things that I I noticed rather quickly with this game is the previous games, which I've now had exposure to all of them since then, they're not very dark. These are not dark games, for the exception maybe of Shadowrun and maybe Ravenloft in the D&D realm. That's my favorite. Those, I know it's your favorite. Those were really the only two, like, games i know of that you could really explore some of these grittier darker elements but dungeons and dragons you're right it's all about the dungeon crawl it is hack and slash get the loot fight the good fight you're the heroes and i think that's the important part to realize with those games a lot of times you're the hero and very few times are you ever the bad guy or the monster or the thing that hides in the shadows and then in 1991 here comes this game called vampire the masquerade where guess what you get to be the monster and that kind of turned everything upside down and on its head absolutely i i do remember also in the intro episode uh, we talked about how we got into this and you know no there had been no game like this at all ever never heard of it always wanted one but it, it, it never appeared until suddenly White Wolf publishes the first edition, Vampire the Masquerade. And I don't know if they meant it to be as huge as it was, but it definitely, like you said, it, it turned the role-playing world on its ear. You know, for one, now you are you can be a different kind of hero, like the, the anti-hero, the Byronic hero. You're you're no longer on a quest. You're on, you're, you're trying to live your life. It, it's just some, some weird dark mirror of, of the reality that you currently occupy with some extras. Mm-hmm. One of the things that anyone who is new to the world of darkness will notice about this world is this is kind of sort of our world, but it's not. It's a darker place. There's a lot of corruption in this world. There's a lot of vice. There is decadence. Uh, power is running rampant. Uh, this is there in a lot of ways, this is like our world with a dystopian edge to it, which granted in today's day and age with a lot of the things going on, all I have to open is my Twitter feed to go, wow, I'm living in the real world of darkness. In 1991, when this came out, this was all like brand new territory. I mean, we were not used to having imaginary worlds where things were grim or, where the monsters were just part and parcel with the way that you lived your everyday life, that they weren't just make-believe, they were the things that lurk in the shadows. That was not common in 1991. And I think that the world of darkness in many ways presaged the, the urban fantasy explosion that happened in the 1990s with, in terms of fiction, in terms of media, Certainly Anne Rice predates World of Darkness, but you have a lot of the Twilight series, which I hate to say it, but the Twilight series, the Underworld series, uh, Vampire Diaries, uh, all those shows, even Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a lot of those types of shows in that entire genre boomed in the 90s and it was and world of darkness is a part of that entire zeitgeist that came into being circa 1990-1991 absolutely yeah like you said with Anne Rice and all the shows that sort of sprang up 
a, in the 90s sort of it made it accessible it, it's like before everybody was like oh Anne Rice that's that counterculture you know you only read it in high school or you know in the cupboard you know in the closet with a flashlight but suddenly with shows like uh, I know we mentioned it before Forever Night yes and um and you, and as you said, even even Saturday morning shows. I remember Dracula the series around that time. Oh, I missed that one. Oh my god! Yeah, you did, and it was fun, very campy. But it was still the idea that the monsters were no longer evil things in the night. They were things that we lived in the same world that we do. Yeah. And so when White exactly. Wolf came along with Vampire the Masquerade, it suddenly was sort of like, a, like I said, it made it accessible. It's like th- there was a backstory. It, it sort of added a humanity to these creatures that just wasn't present at the time. You hit the nail on the head, though. It's it's the fact that they're part of our world. I think previous to this, these are creatures that are somehow existentially threatening they're not a part of this world and that's why we don't like them in dungeons and dragons you have these creatures existing in the world because there's some dark evil demon lord somewhere who has summoned them and now the characters must fight against them but in world of darkness these creatures be they vampires or werewolves or what or or sorcerers they're actually a part of this world this is their world, just as it's our world. And they have entire lives and societies and cultures that are a part of this world, just like everybody else. And I think that's that's part of the fun of World of Darkness, but definitely makes it so very different from some of these games that came before. Right, absolutely. And one of the things that sets it apart, as we've said before, with the, like you said, the zeitgeist and, and sort of being accessible to this urban fantasy is a phrase that White Wolf, I think, has tried to copyright. I think, <laughs> I don't know if they've succeeded, but it was some, it is the, the very setting of the world of darkness from the word go. And it really uh, exemplifies exactly what the feel of this game is. And and what is that phrase, that, that word pairing? Gothic punk. That's right. This is the world of gothic punk. Gothic punk. Yes. So I, being the historian I am, and if any of you listen to the show extensively, I will mention this a lot because... Uh, it is the world I kind of it is my worldview. I just contextualize everything. But regale us, Doctor Wolf. For, regale us. Regale you, not Doctor yet. So Gothic punk for those of you who are of a certain millennial generation, <clears throat> the phrase Gothic, <laughs> the phrase Gothic punk is either so overused that you don't really know what it means, or it's not one you've run across before. But a lot of where the gothic punk culture came from and, and and why this is at the heart of the world of darkness is it really grows out of this end of the Cold War era in the United States. And in the really it has its roots all the way back in the 70s in, in a way, because it's it's a it's a time period where we've gotten past the 60s and the culture clashes and people are trying to find ways to define themselves differently than the norm. It's not cool to be one of the normals, particularly through the 70s and 80s with Ronald Reagan as president. There's a huge push for social conservatism in the United States. I remember the 80s very well, unfortunately. (laughs) And I remember like 
you would turn on the TV and there is Pat Robertson and there's Jerry Falwell. And there are all these people who are speaking toward this very moralistic worldview where everyone has to fit into a mold. And the gothic punk scene in a lot of ways was an antithesis to this. It's saying, you know what? I'm an outsider and I'm okay with that. I'm embracing what it means to be different. I want to stand out. I don't want to fit into this quote unquote normal world. And that's at the heart and soul of the world of darkness. This is a game about you playing the ultimate of outsiders. Everyone else thinks that they're living in a normal world, but you are the ultimate person on the edge. And you're having to figure out how to maneuver in this world, whether you're an elder vampire or werewolf warrior or you're a technocratic mage who's secretly guiding society, you are always on the outside of the culture looking in and maneuvering on its edges. Right. I just, I love how that whole thing just, cap, like you said, it just encapsulates everything that is the, the spirit, the theme of Vampire the Masquerade with gothic punk, um, especially with the beginnings of the punk subculture or counterculture, whichever mm-hmm. one you want to use. I prefer counterculture because I feel like it is going very much against, you know, what it means to be the normal 70s 80s teenager it's saying no you know what fuck those guys (laughs) fuck the establishment and i feel that in some ways it is countercultural it's just countercultural in a different way oh absolutely and it was it's sort of the idea that it harkens back to the beginnings as you said back it started you know in the 70s right the late 70s is where punk really began and then out of that came the goth subculture slash counterculture and they both had that mentality of well if the you know be of disenfranchisement disenchantment if this world's not going to give us what we're looking for we're going to find it we're going to we're going to make it ourselves and that's what i feel like vampire the masquerade helps create is you know it, it, especially to the newbie the new player the lower generation you know, vampire which we'll get into the idea that you've just been thrust into this great big world where somebody bigger and badder is controlling you how do you exist there? So, because not only are you not only are you now an outsider from the world that you were born into, but now you have to figure out how to navigate this new world. Exactly, and, and all, all the dangers right. that come with it. Absolutely, and I just, I, it just, I, you know, this was definitely lightning in a bottle, and it couldn't have come at a better time. And I think now they're definitely, like you said before, though we, we're kind of hit this this weird moment where we're living in the dystopia that the gothic punk was saying, hey, it's coming. And so now we have yes, to now we, we have to sort are. of deal with um what do they call it now? Urban mystery. Uh urban fantasy. Dark mystery. That was it. Ah, dark mystery. Ah. Because it's sort of the same world, the same feel, but now you're starting to you're starting to see the gears. And what's what and there and there's a mystery there. Like how does this machine work? And how can I m- navigate within the the confines of this society? Yes. How how do I contextualize myself in a, in this strange, new, weirdly weirdly magical world? I I almost like to think now. When I was younger, I was very much into the gothic punkiness 
of Vampire the Masquerade and of the World of Darkness. Nowadays, I'm thinking, well, it's sort of as if that gothic punk has now met Guillermo del Toro. Right, yeah, definitely a a more grown-up yet still wonderful um, sense of dark yes. of, of the gothic gothic genre as it's it, itself exactly. like as a whole. And one yes. thing I love about the the setting is that it allows you to explore those stories for yourself. You get to inhabit those characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get to. The great thing about this game is not that you're playing a particular class of character i am not playing a rogue you are not playing a warrior you're playing a person and this person has a backstory and they're now brought into this world it's a little like alice in wonderland you drank the the drink you ate the cake and now you're in wonderlands but wonderland is kind of a freaky place and you have to figure out how your character with all their flaws and their hopes and their desires navigates in a world where you could be killed potentially at any point in time. Right. One of the big pieces that is really different for the world of darkness that sets all the game lines that are in this world apart from your Dungeons and Dragons, your GURPS, your Shadowrun, is the idea of the storyteller system. And that's the one big difference between almost every other RPG I've ever seen. And that's the idea that there is a person who is guiding the story, but they're not the ones puppeting all the characters. Right. There is no set. uh, There is no set path. There's no maze to follow. Yes. This isn't a dungeon. You're not crawling through the dungeon. It's almost as if they're sitting there creating, they're the author who's just creating this world and giving it color and texture. But you're the people who are making all the choices on where to go and who to talk to and what adventures you're getting in. Right. It's it's really sort of, uh, to put it in like, use video game parlance it's kind of like the very first sandbox role-playing game you can you have an adventure you have a quest but you can do it in any order if you really want to really want to you can jump all the way to the end i mean it yeah it's a it's very free-flowing uh it's a lot more social too because i mean talk about an original co-op game i mean you've really got to bargain with your own with you know characters and npcs and and the like it's very much a game of almost like the worst project you ever had to do in school which was the group project and (laughs) that's right it's the storyteller is the teacher who has set for you the parameters of what the group project is supposed to be and what you would ideally be up to and accomplishing and it's up to you guys to figure out how that's going to happen and who's doing all the work so um but yeah you're right this is the prime example of a sandbox game but instead of it being a video game it's an rpg right you're you it's theater of the mind you have to create the world at you know like you said the the storyteller will give it flavor and color and just texture but you've got to really imagine it you've got to just just really develop what the like say you're in a city and you you say like okay well we're all in this city and how what are we going to do here and where are we going and who are we going to talk to exactly and this is a game system that was first created for ars magica 
uh, in the 80s by uh, Mark Ryan Hagen and Jonathan Tweet. And Mark Ryan Hagen went on to create the world of darkness. So he took that model with him when he went into create the world of darkness and all the various games that are in it. And I have always felt that set these games apart because where an older model was about having a group where people fit specific classes and you had to have specific classes in your group to do certain things in vampire or, or werewolf or mage, you don't have those, that concept Dungeons and Dragons is very much about you have your group and they go on quests. So you need to have your warrior and your rogue and your cleric and, and your sorcerer you have to have the wizard and so everybody has to be plugged into these little niches in order for you to accomplish things in the game and the world of darkness you just have your character yeah i mean you could have three people that are good at driving but can't shoot worth a damn and suddenly you find out you're in a firefight it's like well what do you do you have to figure it out you have to figure it out and hope that you survive. And right. usually shenanigans are what happens. Shenanigans and hijinks. And it's amazing. That Yes, yes. The spontaneity of it is what really keeps it uh, fresh. You know, keeps it relevant to whatever system, whatever other system there is. This one, this one has longevity. Yes. And I, I really appreciate that uh, the World of Darkness shifted that control away from the GM and that the players are able are kind of the ones guiding the story where a GM is the one who's telling you, you go here, then you see this and it, and it's big and dangerous. What do you do? Players are the ones who are making their own plans and talking to their own NPCs and, uh, creating their own hijinks and there are many hijinks absolutely yeah I, I love that the storyteller system allows instead of the focus being on the quest or the dungeon crawl it allows it gives the story freedom to take center place the like the the overarching plot is what's really it's what it's the big picture and you have to find your place in that story and how am I going to solve these problems and and on top of that your own character has problems you you have your you have your own backgrounds your own history whether it's headcanon or the you know storyteller wrote it up for you it's got you know mega and micro plot it's fantastic exactly and part of the joy of the world of darkness is there's so many levels and layers of history that your character is plugged into and your character is going to be part of a larger group, but even within that larger group, they're going to be part of subgroups. And each of those subgroups has stories and histories and things that color it that you have to deal with as a character. But then your character has their own drama that they have to deal with. And how does your character relate to all this other stuff going on around them? And then wait a minute, there's uh, the other person's character and they have yet still their own drama they're dealing with and how do you all navigate that and it comes up with wonderful weird fun 
stories. And they range from everything to heartrending to funny to sometimes really like horrific. Absolutely. And- yeah. You can have a on one side you can have a political thriller and on the other side you've got, you know, your own personal characters dealing with a friend who's a drug addict. And for every one of you who have a character, it's almost like you're playing a chapter of a story. But it's not just your story. It's everybody's stories. And your character's just a small part of this larger story that's going on. And all the adventures your character is having is just a small part of all the things happening. Absolutely. And that's and that's exactly why you and I are doing this podcast. This game has the potential to create the story environment that is, you know, I said it before, theater of the mind. We're at, we're reaching a point nowadays that I feel like this kind of entertainment is something that people can really identify with and 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 get involved with to be a character in their own story that's no longer this um, hero's journey stereotype. Exactly. It's, it's much more nuanced than that. I, I point to this only because it is the show I use to reference all the time for new players as they're walking into this game. I'm like, the world of darkness is, is in many ways analogous to Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do tell. With a lot... With a lot less fantasy, but probably just as many fire-breathing animals and boobs. Um, but the the idea of this game of high politics, of of intrigue, of these backstories that go back thousands of years, and these conflicts between groups that don't necessarily happen in the story you're set in right now, but they are their effects still. Hit hit you that's something that's very world of darkness that there are there are whole groups of people who don't like each other and they're always warring with each other but now the power has shifted or there is a new existential threat or um somebody has backstabbed somebody else and there now there's a civil war these are all things that happen in the world of darkness. It's a living, breathing story. This is a story where you make one wrong move, your character's dead, and it changes the entire game. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, an, it's organic, growing. Every choice you make affects someone else, and every choice exactly. they make affects you. In many ways, the games in a world of darkness can can range from those those epic battles or those firefights to the heavy games of politics. And this is why the Game of Thrones analogy makes sense for me. Because, you know, one game you're playing in, it's you and your friends and you're all going off to fight the quote-unquote bad guys or who you assume are the bad guys. Uh, They don't think of themselves as bad guys. But you're going to go fight those bad guys. And then the very next game you find out that your best friend has been secretly betraying you to those bad guys the entire time. And that they're they're a traitor to the to the cause. Now, what do you do? Um, and then you find out there's this bigger political machination going on. This is what the world of darkness is about. And 
that in many ways this is a, this is deeper than what a a dungeon crawling type type of game will ever be. This is about politics and chess playing, but it can also be about killing the other guy. Right. There still can exactly. be quests. There still can be quests. It's the quests are a lot less about glory and much more about your own personal you know, investment or desires or goals or somebody else who's puppeting you or what have you. Or even survival. survival. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to go slay the dragon, not because he's got gold, but because the dragon's going <laughs> to yes. eat you. Or it turns out the dragon is a demon who's trying to take over the world. One or the other. Yeah. That sounds like a Friday to yeah. me. Typical game. Typical game. Yeah. Typical game. Well, exactly. So everybody, that's why we wanted to do this podcast to really sort of do a deep dive into this game that we both love so much. Uh, and we're going to have interviews. We're going to have um, specific clan specifics, and we'll get into clans in a se- in the next episodes. Uh, clan specific episodes that are going to sort of fl- flesh out the the characters that somebody might be interested in playing, or maybe you are playing currently, and you just kind of want a bit a fresh take on it. We should probably clarify it'll be clans in future episodes. Yes, we'll be definitely looking at uh, all, hopefully the idea is we'll be looking at all the different aspects of the world of darkness. Um, It's a very rich world. I mean, Vampire by far is the most popular game in the series, but there's werewolves that live in the world of darkness and there's, magic users who live in the world of darkness there are ghosts whoa whoa one step at a time there are but i'm trying to establish the world of darkness has a lot of creatures (laughs) in it but oh yes there is absolutely there's something something for for everybody here but uh, for right now uh, in our next uh episodes we're going to be focusing primarily on the flagship game for the world of darkness line and that is vampire the masquerade in which, in which That's you right. get to play, guess what? A vampire. I know, big shot. A vampire. Ooh, and that actually will be is a perfect lead-in for the next episode for next week. It's going to be about being dun, a vampire. Or specifically, it's going to be about what Vampire the Masquerade, the game, is about. What it is, what it isn't. And um, kind of introducing you to this crazy world where vampires are hanging out in the shadows and living their nightly lives in and amongst us sometimes and mostly unseen i say mostly hopefully <laughs> but because remember we outnumber well, that's them only because they have to have enough of us to feed on oh that's right darn you exactly. are what's for dinner so uh we hope that this has been a a good introduction to what the world of darkness is all about um we hope you go out and you are out there you're experiencing your games uh remember this is just a game folks that's right it it is not life or death it's just fun inhabit your character but yes but remember it is just a game and come back and listen to us because if you want to get a little bit more information on how how do i vampire uh, come in and join us, and we're happy to uh, and we're happy to share our information. We are absolutely happy to yes, talk to you are. off. So, uh, yes, we are. Till next week, when we when we delve into the 
secretive world of the vampires. Yes. Stick around. Please come back and listen to Podcast by Night. I have been John. I've been Jen. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. And if you want to get a hold of us outside of our normal podcast hours, you can find us at Podcast by Night on Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter at By Night Podcast. Or you can email us with any questions, thoughts, uh, opinions, you know, anything you want to communicate to us, you can do that at podcastbynight at gmail.com.